Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Well, you do that. That what you just said was actually cut off. Ah, okay. Yeah. So if I start talking now. It, well, no, it's, we've been, we've been, I think everybody's been able to hear you so far. Yes. Okay. Well, in that case, it's time to rip off the mask and get to the task and talk about grass here as we jump into the rotation here on Sunday. I am your political director of Suncoast Normal, Gary Stein, along with my co-host, Carlos. I, I'm Carlos Ramita. Yeah, Carlos Armida. Okay. Yeah, I'm the deputy director of this this little thing going on here. I was just doing more a familiar type of thing, you know, like home, homey kind of thing. Uh, I am your homeboy. It is. And, and of course, in the Beltway, we've got uh, Chris Kano talking to us uh, from Southern Maryland, not too far from where almost all of the National Guard in the entire world are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. It is locked down here tighter than, uh, yeah. <laughs> no dude so like uh, to what's going i is every capital gonna get ambushed this weekend or like what's or when trump gets inaugurated what's happening with the all the conservatives and whatnot well um you know the federal bureau of investigation takes threats to national security very seriously unless of course you count all those times in 2001 uh when they were warned that there would be terrorist attacks and they totally ignored them so uh i guess they take white supremacy a little bit more seriously than they do uh you know um uh fundamentalism uh terrorists from the middle east and and we just jumped into all the conservative stuff and you know we were talking about this heavy on our last show and you know you guys, I you guys realize that I brought this uh, special guest on today, right? Um, we were talking heavy last time about having an open discussion about all the different aisles and whatnot, and you know, making sure everybody gets heard and like you know, nobody blocks or bans or anything like that. And you know, you guys are both familiar with Nate, who's a pretty heavy Trump supporter and cannabis activist here in the Tampa Bay area, and I'm going to bring him in right now. And we're going to talk to a Trump supporter about weed and about Trump. So here we go. What's up, Nate? What's up, guys? How you doing? <laughs> Glad to be on the show. Welcome. So you do a bunch of stuff with uh, cannabis activism, and can and you know uh, you're you you are a conservative, correct? I'm getting this yeah, right. I'm a Christian conservative. I'm a pastor's kid. Grew up in the Christian home. You know, got saved when I was four years old was studying, you know, deeper biblical things, end times theology, that kind of stuff when I was like 12, went to, mm. Christian, went to Christian school. And then, you know, I've got a back condition. I've got a grade three spondylolisthesis in my back. So most people's spines are like, like this. Mine's like shifted forward like mm. this. So I'm, I'm like always in chronic pain. 
I've seen, uh, you know, surgeons that are too afraid to even cut me open. I've seen every physical therapist. I just got a platelet plasma injection in my spine, which actually helped. Um, and just from my whole life experiences and the amount of chronic pain that I've been in, I've just come to the conclusion that, um, number one, cannabis definitely helps. I could be a opiate, uh, a statistic, you know, 25 people in Florida die every day just from opiate overdoses. If I wanted to, if I wanted to go to a pain doctor and, and just be a pill head, I could do that. Um, option two would just be to live in pain, um, and you know, not deal with it at all. And option three is obviously cannabis and medical marijuana. So that, that definitely has helped me uh, cope uh, and live life and work. You know, I don't get paid to be a cannabis advocate. Um, I'm a freelance uh, direct response uh, co sales copywriter for the real estate and e-commerce industry. Mm. Um, so um, in order to function, I've got to use cannabis. And what I've just kind of found is that the church and the Christians and how they look at cannabis is um, very uh, lopsided. Mm. Well, um, so let me give everybody just kind of a, a rundown of how we came across Nate. Um, and so we, we Suncoast Normal, back when we were Central Florida Normal, we played a heavy part in the decriminalization of cannabis in uh, the city of Tampa. And um, we, all three of us were there, me, Kano and Gary, um, to speak to the city council. And we saw this guy, this white guy sitting in the crowd, just sitting there by himself with, shirt on. <laughs> he had a Superman shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he probably had a Superman shirt on. I did. And um, he had and a, a MAGA, MAGA hoodie is about yeah. a MAGA hoodie. Yep. So, and I remember sitting next to Kano and we see this guy walk up and get in line to get into public comment. And Kano just kind of nudged me and he's like, check out this dude with the MAGA shit on. He's going to talk some, some garbage about cannabis. Right. And you go and you get up and it's all pro legalization stuff. And it's all this good stuff about, you know, how, you know, decriminalizing cannabis in the city of Tampa is going to be great. So, um, you know, you're a guy that's full of surprises and there's a couple of issues that we want to get into on the show. Um, we titled the show, what would Jesus do about pot? Right. Is that what I wrote it? Oh my God. What would Jesus do about weed? Excuse me. And we also we also want to talk about Trump here because there's a lot going on about Trump and you're a huge Trump supporter. You swore up and down that Trump was going to legalize marijuana, and yeah. every, everybody thought you were you know batshit. I thought my my my, um, my uh, I guess what I was thinking at that time if he if he did it his third year in office it would be easier for him to reach across party lines and get some of the Bernie bros mm -hmm. to vote for him. And this was all before coronavirus or any of that ha happened when I was thinking this. But, you know, I worked on two Republican political campaigns, helping him with their messaging so they could get the um, purple voter mm. um, and saw a lot of um, Republican advisors advising these Republicans and the Republicans, like the Democrats, are a lot of the establishment ones are in bed with the pharmaceutical companies and the prison industrial complex. So what they do is these advisors advise all their candidates that, oh, you can't be too far uh, to the left 
on weed, on legalizing weed, because you're going to lose your conservative base. So you know, I would imagine uh, Trump probably had people in his uh, cabinet telling him that, probably people like Jared Kirshner, I would imagine, I'm just kind of guessing um, that that's probably what happened. Also, you know, Trump's He's never been pro any kind of drug because of his history with it, what happened with his brother being an alcoholic. And he kind of relates that to cannabis. So it's definitely something that I disagree with Trump on. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't think anyone's going to agree with their uh, candidate on everything. I wish he would have done that. I feel like if he would have done that, it probably would have been easier for him to win, honestly. But he didn't. And now we are... Now we've got a president, Biden and Kamala Harris, both have been uh, historically in bed with the prison industrial complex and the pharmaceutical company. So I'm not expecting that they're going to do anything either. But if they did, it'd probably be taxed to oblivion like it is in California. So I'm not, but I'm not, I think we're going to need like, you know, whoever comes after this. Well, based on the situation we have right now, that that, Obviously, uh, Biden and, and Harris are going to be the president and vice president. And we are going to have a Senate, which is now shifted towards the center. And we have a, uh, a House, which has actually got a much slimmer lead than before. What do you think that we could do to move this thing forward with the configuration we have? I don't think we can do anything because I think that uh, Republicans and the Senate are just full of a bunch of spoiled rich kids with mommy and daddy's connection to Harvard and Stanford and, um, you know, their establishment world. And I think that there are some good people that would support a federal bill in Congress and the Senate. But right now, I don't think that there's enough of them to do anything um, legislative. And we don't have a president that's going to sign any kind of executive orders for it. So I think we just keep working on trying to drain the swamp and get non-establishment Democrats and Republicans to replace the existing ones that we do. I think that's probably where the most work should certainly still support federal bills and try to get a pill open like a federal bill uh, submitted to Congress and then the Senate and the president and have it fail. And then when it fails, use that to have our uh, alternative media tell the constituents to write to their congressmen, to write to their senators and bitch and moan and complain as to why this hasn't been um, done. I think we should still do that. I'm not saying we shouldn't fight that, but realistically, I think there's too much corruption. There's too much. There's too many swamp creepers on both Republican and Democrat side in the Senate and in, in, in the House right now. I don't think it can be done. Well, Nate, you you know your disappointment in in your candidate and and you know the president in the last four years um, is shared by a lot of folks on the left when they thought that having someone like President Obama, who had been a cannabis user in his youth, um, right. you know, who had been progressive uh, on this issue as a as a candidate at the state level, uh, while was president for eight years, you know, we what we saw was memos. We saw a lack of uh, federal enforcement of cannabis prohibition. In some of the legal states but we still are are just you know uh, like you said before we're, we're missing that 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 president willing to take bold action uh in either party and, and the sad part is the controlled substances act does allow for the president to take action that that if any drug were to not fit the schedule um in that opinion the attorney general and the president could, could advocate and change for um you know rescheduling descheduling and you know it seems like everyone continuously puts it back on Congress. I mean, we've now had Clinton, Bush, Obama, uh, and now Trump. 
And and so there's four presidents, you know, three of whom are confirmed cannabis users in their past. Um, and, and then, you know, as you said before, uh, you thought, you know, with Roger Stone pushing Trump that way, things might, mm -hmm. might have actually uh, changed. But we don't see that. We didn't see it in the appointments of Jeff Sessions. Uh, William Barr was, you know, as a, a former lobbyist for Verizon. I, I didn't have much hopes of, of him. Uh, you know, I felt like he was an establishment um, person. So. You know, wh where do Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, you know, uh, 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 socialists, wh where do Americans as general, uh, where do they find hope on this key issue of freedom and, and seeing that the war on drugs has always been a war on American people? Well, first of all, they need to have hope in God. And we're going to talk about what God thinks about cannabis on the show, hopefully. We um, will. We will. But they need to. Um, I see so many outsider candidates that are trying to run for office as whether, whether a state rep or, you know, a county commissioner or a congressman. Um, and they really don't have any idea how to market their campaign or raise enough money to compete with the establishment. And they think they do. So a lot of people go in and it, it just never picks up enough legs. So as Americans, we really need to get more involved in raising money, in donating money to outsider pro-weed candidates on both the left and the right. Because like, you're never going to get um, a Republican um, uh, elected in Portland. And even getting a Republican elected in Tampa is difficult. Um, you know, unless you have the right connections, unless you have the right money. Chad Cronister is a Republican. He got elected, but he's also married to Nikki DeBartolo. So he's got the money connections to run a respectable campaign. So that, that we need to be realistic um, about that, because I just don't think that they're going to do anything. The way well, I, you know, I'm just going to jump in here and start talking about the God thing right away. And I think the first thing we need to do is get our mind away from God and get our mind into the science of cannabis. Right. Um, because quite honestly, the science, you can't argue with it. Uh, cannabis is medicine, but there's a lot of Christians that, you know, demonize this drug. Sure. You know? And I, I think that's mostly where the stigmas come from. Okay. Is, uh, so, you know, so first of all, um, oh, oh, by the way, just for those people who are keeping score, Carlos is the atheist. I, I do not believe in God. Right. So you're an atheist and you would say something like that, Carlos, about the science. Okay. Let's not, <laughs> let's not forget that the whole scientist industry with scientists. Okay. Those are the, the nerds that work in the, in the labs and shit. They literally don't have a job or any money if they don't get funding, if funding for whatever research agenda they're supposed to push. So uh, many scientists are bought off just like the uh, Republicans um, in Congress and who, Senate. Everybody who are they bought off by? Like any, any, okay. any industry, if you're, let's say that you're in a, let's say that you're in the, um, let's, the world is getting hotter. So we need to carbon tax everything. Okay. Right. So like those people that need to just put carbon tax, everything, there's definitely corruption. Now I'm not an expert in that industry, but I know that just because someone says, Oh yeah, the science says, says that that doesn't necessarily mean that the science really proves that because you could have 50% of scientists having one agenda and 50% of scientists having the other. Like the, the whole, the whole pr perfect example would be hydroxychloroquine. I have a friend who was in the hospital that almost died. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he saw on the TV that Trump was, uh, 
saying that there are some studies that hydroxychloroquine would work. Now, hydroxychloroquine is a drug that the patents already expired. So you had the whole establishment pharma saying how ridiculous it was. My friend was yelling at the doctor, telling him to give him a hydroxychloroquine. He literally had already made a video saying goodbye to his four-year-old son because he thought he was going to die. And he says that it definitely saved his life. And we know the whole scientific agenda, all the scientists in the establishment MD, corrupt population control doctor world, were all against that. So that's why I say well, Nate, you're a Trump supporter, so you would say something like scientific agenda. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Because yeah. the truth is, is that science doesn't have an agenda. People have agendas. Right. So like and I'm we not- get these agendas from, you know, our belief systems. So let's talk about the Bible. So if we have, well, hold hold on one second. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about how Christianity is set up. There's this whole master student thing, you know. You learn about Christianity from your pastor, right? Yeah. So you learn from the people that you know that that are no more than you, right? And when these people have these these stigmas towards cannabis, cannabis already ingrained into them. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a stigma against cannabis. It doesn't matter if they like cannabis. They're going to preach that God wanted it this way. Okay. okay. Right. So let's let, let's do this. Let's let's forget about what religious people say about cannabis for a second. I'm going to address that, and let's just first of all talk about what the Bible actually says. So, if you have a Bible, I have a Bible right here. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you open it up to page one. Now, is that in ancient Aramaic or is that in English? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even, I don't even know, need to open it because I have this verse memorized. And okay, we, translations do make a difference. Right. No, it's true. King James was a, was a, true. I'm, I'm, listen, Gary, you're going to love what I'm about to say. I'm going to make your whole okay. point. Okay. Because this is in the, this is part of the Torah, which is your Bible. Okay. By the so, way, Lilith smoked weed, just so you know. Right. Okay. Right. So in Genesis 1, verses 29, when God's creating everything, God says, I have created all herbs and seeds it doesn't say i've given you all herbs and seeds except for cannabis and for the christians listening to this right now um you're not if you dropped off jesus in the garden of eden let's just say for example okay i find it very highly unlikely that he's going to say okay guys listen listen my dad your heavenly father who made all this shit, okay and is all-knowing and knows everything didn't realize you guys were going to figure out how to smoke this shit. So as a direct result, we have to ban it, outlaw it, and we have to lock up people for using it, and we have to lock up more black people than white people, okay? That just doesn't seem like something that Jesus would do. Remember, whose idea was it to make weed legal? Was it God's idea or was it an idea? You know, but that's the thing. I agree with you. And, you know, like, and, and I, I believe that there was, I, I thoroughly believe there was a guy named Jesus claiming to have superpowers, right? But he used cannabis right to heal sick people right right i totally i totally believe that but and whether or not you want to believe this guy has superpowers that's fine right or right. it's the son of god or whatever it is but i also believe that most pastors are using this as as a reason and it, it goes back to trump like trump at this point is a religion right he's an offset of 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 Christianity at this point, I think. And and it just goes to show that you can do anything with religion. You can do anything with this concept of God, right? You can say, 
um, you can say it, it, all the plants, God made all the plants bearing seed and fruit, or you, you can say God made all the plants bearing seed and fruit, except for weed. The devil probably made weed later, you know, right. like you can take religion you can take Christianity. You can take it to wherever you want it to go. Right. So sure. in the past, but it's, but it's important as, as, people, as Christians right? to actually study apologetics, look into what the Bible actually says. Like the English version of the Bible is not it. <laughs> I hate to say it's not the perfect word of God. I don't care where there you go. go. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what Gary was getting on. Okay, so like in Exodus, we're still in Old Testament. So for those pastors and Christians listening to this, they're like, well, what would Jesus really do about weed? Okay, it's like, okay, so we get Genesis one twenty nine. I get that makes sense, but does that mean that we should just get high all day? So let's look at uh, ex Exodus thirty twenty three. This is still in the Torah, so this is still in Gary's Bible. There's a verse referring to cannabosum, spelled K-E-N-E-H space B-O-S-O-M, cannabosum, referring to the holy anointing oil that the Jews use during worship. A lot of people, theologians and uh, um, uh, apologetics experts, religious history experts think that that is the same thing. But that's when you only tr get the translation from the original Hebrew you know, when they translate it, it from Hebrew to what the King, the current King James version has now. So like the King James version that's published now versus the King James version that was published in the 1600s by King James isn't even the same thing. So this whole King James version only thing is just a total crock of shit. It's just not a living Bible uh, situation. Right. So it, if you buy a King James version off the shelf right now at a Bible bookstore, you think the word cannibalism is in there? No, it's not there. So now we're changing our scripture. Now, like right there, I just poked a hole in this whole, oh my God, this is the perfect word of God. This is what's it. Christian, we got our own problems. That doesn't mean we dismiss it. We throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, because he was wrong. Then God must not be real. Okay. Like Carlos does. We wouldn't do that. But there are, it is, it is fair to have some, some honest discussions about how we are interpreting the scripture. There's maybe some Christians right now that are like, oh, well, that's all Old Testament law. We're under the new covenant. So that doesn't mean we can smoke weed all the time. Well, let's see. What did Jesus actually say? In uh, Matthew 7, Jesus warns of false prophets saying, you shall know them by their fruit. Well, what is a false prophet? I define a false prophet as someone that is knowingly deceiving people. So for the first 300 years of the church after Jesus, um, there was no Christian saying, oh my God, smoking weed is the devil. After 325 AD, when Constantine, who was a pagan, there's a lot of pagan rituals in Christianity, by the way, you don't know about that. Steeple on a church, pagan ritual, Christmas tree, pagan ritual, lots of paganism because you had- no, familiar with the paganism in Christianity. You had, you don't look, Druid. <laughs> you, had, you had Constantine who ruled Rome, and he's basically like, well, Christianity is not going away anytime soon. There's all these Christians getting slaughtered in gladiator rings, so I might as well use it to control people. So he called for the Council of Nicaea. St. Nicholas was there, Santa Claus. It was St. Nicholas was an apostle of God. It was said that he would uh, raise people from the dead. If Google, look at his Wikipedia. That's what it says. But funny fact about, about old St. Nick, uh, Nate, he actually walked over to Arian at the Council of Nicaea and, and bitch slapped him when Arian denied Jesus' divinity. <laughs> Jesus, Arian didn't deny Jesus' divinity. Arian just said that the um, Jesus had a beginning and God didn't. Ten years after that, Arian shit himself in public and then just died. And everyone's all like, oh, it's because God struck him down. It might have been the religious people that actually poisoned him. 
Okay. So let's let's re remember that. Well, Nate, can we pause there for a second? It, sure. When you talk about, you just said something profound about religious people. You know, not necessarily wanting, uh, you know, certain certain things to be discussed. Do you believe, or or do you understand the current prohibition and taboo around cannabis to be a product of American conservatism or a product? of the, the, the fact that um, the, the Christian right uh, has bonded with the, with the Republican Party? Like, you know, do, do we have to take politics and historicity into account here? Or is this, uh, you know, like, where's the hang up from so people on think, the right? I think that what happened was because during all that time and the first thousand years, first 1900 years of Christianity, there were not Christians condemning people were smoking cannabis that that was nowhere to be found it all started in the 20s with the paper industry and a lobbyist named harry onslinger so harry onslinger by a biblical definition i would define as a false prophet and here's why so he represented people in the paper industry you know trees grow from paper how long does it take to grow a tree a long time right 20 years he didn't want to have to compete against the hemp crop hemp paper so he started all this propaganda saying that black men spanish men are more likely to rape white women if under the influence of marijuana through his propaganda reefer madness so jesus warns of false prophets you shall know them by their fruit well because he was able to convince all the people to make weed illegal so they could prosper and what is the fruit of that well since then the prison industrial complex uh the alcohol industry the uh, pharmaceutical companies have all jumped on board buying off all of our politicians and uh, the, uh, people in the dark about cannabis. You know, that's a big, that's a huge, that's a huge problem. And at some point, and I don't know where it really got hijacked, you had pastors giving sermons, telling their testimony, saying, as soon as I found Jesus, I'll stop smoking the weed. I'll stop smoking the devil's lettuce. You know, so it became part of their testimony. Okay. You have to remember that the, Jesus was killed by religious people. The, the powerful religious uh, Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, in a lot of cases, you've had those religious spirits. You know, this is a spiritual conversation. This is about the spiritual aspects of Christianity. You have religious spirits attach themselves to Christian pastors, and that whole spirit's goal is to make God look like a douche. And because of those Christian people is why Carlos is an atheist. Oh, man, I just walked back into this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And by the way, that is how Carlos became an atheist. <laughs> Carlos is not an atheist because of Jesus. He doesn't have any issue with Jesus. It's these douchebag Christians that have religious spirits in them that don't know their ass from their elbow. They don't, they don't understand all of that history I just broke down. So everything I just read in Genesis, in Exodus, in Matthew, the history, what would Jesus do about weed? Would he smoke it? Maybe he would. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. The shroud that they have that covered Jesus' face was actually made out of hemp, FYI. George Washington grew hemp. Thomas Jefferson grew hemp. All the forefathers thought hemp was important for our country's economy. Um, this is true. Our, our scientists can't even really easily be able to get government grants to test it to find out what it really can do. And with more of those scientific research, 
okay, that's funded by the cannabis industry, then people like Carlos can say, oh, look what science says, which is what we need. Okay, we need that. So th it's really difficult for a scientist to get a grant to test anything cannabis related in the States. The country that is actually the leader on scientific research right now is actually Israel, the Holy Land. So if you tell that to most Christians that were just raised in the back. It, it seems like you're, you're trying to take, like, uh, that's the Jews, man. What? Like, it's not it's not Christians that are studying cannabis right now. It's Jewish people that are studying cannabis. Yeah, the Jewish people in Israel. But the, the Israel, uh, Christians recognize Israel, whether they, we believe the, the way that they we recognize Jesus as the Messiah, and they don't unless they're Messianic. They, uh, we we like them we, we we like if this if the god's chosen people is doing something big in the science world because all christians aren't like oh i hate science like the the where that really stemmed from is the fact that some christians like i went to christian school and they literally told us that the world was only ten thousand years old so arguably the bible dates back somewhere between six thousand to twelve thousand years back to adam and then carbon, carbon dating which is science goes back millions or billions of years old, just a long time. Well, like there was a whole pre-Adamic race around before Adam. We know this from the Emerald tablets that were, that Zachariah Stitchin uh, uh, interpreted. So there's a lot of things about like how or old the earth is that Christians don't know. There's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, which explains that. So the whole notion that Christians are just anti-science isn't really true. They're just misinterpreting the scripture, is what I believe, in a lot of cases. Well, I've always wondered why plants were actually brought on on the fourth day, but on the fifth day, you brought on light, which is strange because they separated day from night earlier, but there was no light. to. to so how would they know that day and night was separated? Plus, how the heck did the plants grow without light? Just a thought. I don't know. I don't know. You're gonna have to ask God that one when you get when you get to the pearly gates, Gary. Maybe he figured just you know one day they don't grow, right? Hopefully they let yeah, you in. Grow. I guess that's good enough. But it depends on what is a day and what is a year. I mean, if, if you're talking about ten thousand years, you have to guess what did they think a year was. Looking backwards, so maybe ten thousand years was ten million years. You just have to re, re you know reassign the definition of year. Well, yeah, I mean, like, cause there's one verse that says that uh, a, a day is like a thousand years to God. So maybe the seven days was really 7,000 years. I don't know. Well, the well, last year, we don't have it on YouTube, unfortunately, you know? And if, if we did have it on YouTube, it'd probably get banned and we'd have to go to like Telegram or something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, I've got, I've got a few things I, I want to say about yeah. what you were saying. Um, so first off, uh, you spoke about cannabis being, uh, 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 and, and maybe I'm just blaming everything on religious people. Maybe I'm just blaming everything on, on Christians, but you talked about cannabis becoming illegal because of racism. But quite honestly, I think this goes again back into Christianity, man. I think racism stems from Christianity. This is something that teaches people, especially here in America, that there's some sort of divine providence that if you're a white Christian person, right, you're just somehow better than everybody else. Right. I've never, well, I've been and, in church my whole life. No one's ever told me that in church ever. So well, that's you're because you're, about. that's because you're an insider, like if, seeing it from the outside, dude, like you really see these things like these, these people feel that there's some, and you know, then maybe I am just blaming everything on Christians or whatever, right. but 
I, I really do see that from a lot of Christian people. And like, not to mention Christianity was used to, to suppress black communities for the longest time. Christianity was used to suppress, to, to make slaves obedient. Right. But just, and, because, just because you have people calling themselves Christians that I believe have religious spirits attached to them, making God look like a douche, doesn't so mean that's that. What, that's Jesus, what it comes that's what down to. It's like, oh, just be, just we're be. Talking what, we're talking about what Jesus did. We're not talking. Like, the, the, you can, you can know, bash and talk about how Christians are like, douche. Oh, yeah, well, they're not really Christians because they don't believe my form of Christianity. You have to understand all people that believe in Christ are Christians. And that, that general ideology, that, that one thing in the center, right, can be taken wherever you want it to go. And it goes back to what I was saying. As long as the pastor hates weed, as long as the pastor hates black people, that church is going to be racist. That church is going to be against weed. And his followers are going to like, I mean, I'm just not seeing that. So, like, for example, I went to uh, Bible college for six months, one semester, uh, under Rodney Howard Brown, the river, mm. Pentecostal. Ch uh, church they are not for weed at all okay they're just not they just don't get it they're closer to the adventists <laughs> um they get body purity of soul they, they kind of had to put up with me because i was in their government program um so they're definitely not for weed they just don't they're just not they just don't get it there but they're definitely not racist because if you look at the congregation of the church it's very diverse so I just not like I've gone to black churches, all black. I went to a small, uh, predominantly black church for 12 people. So like this, I mean, I'm sure that there's racist Christians out there. There's racist every type of people out there. But from what you're describing and then my personal experience of actually being in Christianity, not looking on the outside and then making judgments, but actually being in Christianity, I've never, I've just never seen that. I've never seen anyone say anything racist. I can't think of ever. I mean, maybe it's happened. But well, well, hold on, Nate. I think this is a key point that, that you brought up is that um, you mentioned about looking at the congregation and then feeling as though, well, there's no racism involved. But I went to Without Walls many times in the, mm -hmm. you know, right at the turn of the century in 2000s and such. Um, right. You know, I was dating a couple of girls that attended that congregation. And to see, yes, there are tons of black faces in Paula White's congregation. But the fact was, is that it didn't feel as though th that that community was being served uh, by the administration in, in, in many ways of, of that church. That's, that's the other thing is whenever people want to decide to pick on Christianity, they always use the example of the most douchebag prosperity preacher that they can imagine and think of. And that's the norm. I come from like small church, just regular Joe six pack pastor Christianity this whole oh my god if you're I just gonna it. give me money then an angel's gonna show up at your door with a check and give it back to you 10 times because we're gonna hijack the gospel and to just turn into something that it christian really isn't so what, what are your thoughts on her saying give me money so these african angels can keep trump in office Afri I don't know what that is. You, you don't recall Paula White a few months back said that we got angels from Africa and South America coming to keep Trump in office. And I just, you know, uh, it, how, you know, I, I have. So like Paula White, she seems I like her. I ever since she divorced from what's his face, Randy, Randy, I've liked her a little bit more. But like I went to her church one time and she just breaks this pot and it shatters and everyone's like, everyone get a piece. 
and then donate $40. And then this is going to happen. And I just kind of like looked at that and I'm just like, eh, I don't really like that. So you guys, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not that like, you got to remember the first 300 years of the church church was the people people it was in the marketplace it was house churches okay the first separate building church didn't show up till 306 ad then you had whatever constantine did we're probably missing books in the bible there's probably shit hidden in that vatican that we're not even being told about our religion and you, you know you start bringing this shit up in front of a pastor they get really uncomfortable <laughs> well i'm glad you mentioned that about the vatican's role in suppressing um key you know religious documents because in 1945 in upper egypt um there were several preserved christian documents which are now known as the nag hammadi library and there were many uh documents from the gnostics which had a more uh, they were heavily influenced by, by you know, the, the mysticism of, of the Kabbalah, of, of Jewish mysticism, and they incorporated a lot of ritualistic, uh, what we would define as magic or rituals into their belief system. And uh, many of these actually have uh, gospels and, and retellings of Jesus utilizing cannabis. Uh, as part of the, of course, holy anointing oil that we see described in the Old Testament. So, so, the, so the, any mainstream Christian theologian would say that the Nag Hammadi scriptures, which was in 1945 in Nag Hammadi, Egypt, is when they were discovered, is just false because it doesn't fit their nar narrative for some reason. I've read all of them, and I just don't understand what their problem is. So, like one of the uh, Gnostic Gospels is called the Secret Book of John. So what's interesting about John is John was one of the original 12 and all of the other disciples, they were hung upside down and crucified. They were boiled. They were killed. They did not go down in a very pleasant death. It was not fun. They tried to boil John. He literally couldn't like they didn't. And they're like, what do we do with this guy? He keeps preaching the gospel. He's influencing this. He's disrupting our whole pluriperfect system. So they exiled him to Patmos. And that's where he wrote Revelation. So sometime between 33 AD, but before 70 AD, um, in this story, and I'm not saying that this story is true. I don't really have an opinion about it either way. I just, just think it's interesting. But sometime in this in this time frame, before the temple was destroyed, he's, John is standing outside on the temple steps, and there's this Pharisee. And he said, where's your Messiah? And he said, oh, he's already gone. He's already ascended. And he's like, well, you know, everything he told you was a lie, right? And he's like, what? And then, like, I forget what the Pharisee said exactly, but it disrupted John. So John goes out and fasts to the wilderness, and he's, like, asking god he's asking jesus he's like i saw this guy you know i saw him do all these miracles he died he came back from the dead he ascended in heaven but he's this pharisee tells me it's false what's the problem so he has an encounter with jesus and jesus tells him this story of this god calling himself yaldabaoth and yaldabaoth says i am the only god and there is no other god but me and there's this story pre-adam so if you read that scripture, it has led me to the possible conclusion. I'm not saying this for sure. I don't really know, but it's interesting that the God of the Old Testament, the Dick God in Leviticus versus the all-knowing Heavenly Father that Jesus was referring to may not be the same thing. Hmm. Possibly. So Christians uh, at their core seem to be a, a faith, not knowing which God they're actually worshiping. And God, oftentimes, to Carlos's point, is being utilized by those in the public sector and public square uh, to fit whatever belief system, you know, according to their politics. Sure. You know, like, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of people look at the Bible as like they worship the Bible. It's the word of God. I just look at the Bible as 
the best thing that we have as an instruction manual on how to have a relationship with God. So like I was raised Baptist in the Baptist denomination for everyone listening to this. Christianity is essentially this believe in Jesus and try not to sin. But, um, but like if you sin, it's okay. Cause it's covered by grace. Okay, good. And that was Christianity since going through everything I've gone through my whole life, all this stuff I've accomplished, struggles I've been through, st things I've seen, spiritual encounters I've had. Um, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul talked about, the Apostle Paul talked about nine different spiritual gifts, prophecy, wisdom, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healings, miracles, and like three other ones, or faith, and like two of the ones, I forget what they are. Um, and learning how to hear from God for myself, okay, is more like I have a relationship with God. So he's the one that brings me all the connections. He's the one, like getting direction from him. Like, for example, the night that I, the day that I interviewed Roger Stone, I did a cannabis interview with Roger Stone that got viewed 970,000 times. Well, the night before that interview i had two very specific dreams about roger stone now i already knew that i was going to get um i had a press pass to go to an event that he spoke at but i had two dreams so i was just like determined i'm going to get this interview i know god wants me to get this interview this is going to happen um and then i ended up running to running into him in the lobby i had two of his books i asked him to sign them uh, he he was signing them. I got up from how big our social media following was. Reporting from my friend uh, Michael, who owns the Canna Chronicle, which a lot of your listeners are probably familiar with. And uh, we went live, and it got viewed five thousand times instantly. And then we re-edited the video and memified it, and uploaded it the next morning. And it just climbed to nine hundred seventy thousand views. Like being able to pull off and have opportunities like that, I feel like I have kind of an unfair advantage because God is kind of leading me and telling me where to go this invisible mystery man in the sky. So you don't think saying that you have an unfair advantage because you believe in God and he's showing you where to go. Doesn't right. mean that you think that you have some sort of superiority over other people. No, I just think because I'm humble enough to acknowledge that there is a God and that he's God and I'm not. And it's about what he wants for me and not what I want gives me an unfair advantage. I mean, just, it's just a fact. I don't think I'm better than anyone you know, because, uh, because you're humble, you have an advantage because God gave you this advantage. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I'm talking to, you can compare the story of Jesus. I'm just, I'm just going on it. We, can compare, we compare the life. If we compare the historical story of everything Jesus did to, to Muhammad, to Buddha, to whoever the Hindus follow, you know, whatever, that's all fine. That's all good. I'm, you know, not hating on those guys. I'm just saying that my God just kicks everyone else's ass. Jesus is just way better. I'm just interested in the fact that you, you seem to feel that uh, Christianity is, is polytheist and that, that there's all sorts of I mean, of it's, possible, it's possible either way. It's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to know. I don't have to know. I don't have to know that. Maybe there's a version of several little gods and are one all-knowing God and we're all connected. I don't know. I don't, need, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that. I just know that historically Jesus is the Messiah. I believe that with all my heart. And he's, he's going to lead me to fulfill my purpose and get everything that god has for me and if i don't have him i'm just not gonna i just don't think i'm gonna be able to pull it off i don't think i'm that smart honestly i'm not superior okay if you're familiar uh, with, with the parable of the elephant where you had five blind blind men looking at an elephant and each one felt a different part 
and and thought that the elephant was totally something different. One thought it was a rope, one thought it was a wall, et cetera, et cetera. I see God as kind of the same way. I mean, the, the largest organism in the world is this giant fungus. It actually is like five miles long and three miles wide and two miles deep. It lives under the ground. And when it comes up, it comes up in different ways. It comes woody, it comes grassy. I think that that's kind of like the way that God is. We all look at it in different ways, but it's all the same. I mean, even though you may have Hindus who have 20 gods, these are all various aspects of the same of the same being. Do you see it that way? Possibly, but um, using discernment, and there could be someone worshiping a god that could actually be a, a demon in disguise. I don't know. Like the like, I don't. The belief that Christians are just like, oh, we're right and everyone else is wrong. So if you don't say the Jesus prayer one time right before you die, then you're going to hell forever. Okay. I think that it's probably a little bit more to it than that. I think that what God is actually looking at is your heart. What are your intentions with all the information that you have and the information you know? You know, I wonder, like the people that grew up in North Korea that literally think that Kim Jong-un is God and have never heard the gospel does God just send all those people to hell? No, I don't think so. I think that whatever the system is and whatever gets you into heaven and whatever gets you into hell is, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's not for me to decide who gets in and who doesn't. But because of not just historical and religious writings about heaven and hell, but also the number of people in the world that have had near-death experiences that have either gone to heaven or gone to hell, um, makes me i don't really question the fact that it's there that's dmt right dmt right <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people that never took dmt and had a near-death experience and went to heaven or hell your your brain makes dmt when you die 21 grams of it 21 grams 21 grams okay. to the, the right. i'll tell that in my next christian in my I'll next christian tell. meeting with my fellow christian theologians i'll be like okay guys i figured it out one of the great things about, about all, all liturgy as far as religion is concerned is it's all on, uh, all up for interpretation but, for instance yeah, i don't like I, i'm not i'm not arrogant enough to think that i have it all figured out i know i don't have it all figured out but you answer these important questions See, like, I, I, I don't believe in God because I don't know what's, I, I don't have it figured out. You understand right. that? So are you really more agnostic than atheist? No, no. I'm a practical person. I think it's more likely that we don't have a, a magic person in the sky that sent his son to die for us because he loves us. You know, I don't think that's a, that's a practical thing to believe in. But just, a, just about, forget about the uh, Christianity argument, just the intelligent design the fact that we're sitting here talking intelligently with a brain and an eyes and a body that works, it seems just seems like it would just make sense that an intelligent designer made all that. We're not just some random we're, explosion. We're we're not going to get into evolution and whatnot. Because yeah. actually it's more likely that evolution did all that. But and I think proven that it did, but no, there's no physical evidence to evolution. Like when I was raised, my friends that went to public school were told 
that we came from monkeys. There's not any physical evidence of this mutating from monkey understanding of evolution. That's not what evolution says. You don't, you don't believe in the kind of evolution that says we come from monkeys. Is what you're saying? I you believe know? that we're cousins of monkeys. That we're okay. primates. Okay. That we came from the same being or. Uh, Whatever that is. And if we came from monkeys, would there still be no monkeys on the earth, only humans? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, Nathan, that's, definitely one. that's definitely what I'm going to ask God when I get, when I get there. Nathan, well, I asked him last week. No, I'm serious. Nate, you did touch on something interesting earlier, just briefly. You, you mentioned about uh, Zechariah Sitchin and his translation of uh, Sumerian cuneiform tablets. Mm -hmm. it, in those tablets, it, it does say that um, the Anunnaki, the Sumerian sky gods, came to heaven and engineered human beings from the existing primates on the planet as a slave race to mine their gold, which is why we find gold mines in Zimbabwe that are 200,000 years old, even though modern humans only date back to 200,000 years you know, on the evolutionary so chart. Is, is that where the Rothschilds lizard people come in and they took all the gold? You know, uh, I, I, know. I can't keep up with the latest David Icke or QAnon. <laughs> you know, but but the, the point of it all is, and I think that that's what Carlos is getting back to, is that our belief system as humans in many ways are, are built on absurdities that people in certain regions take as fact. I mean, some of the uh, comments we're getting in here that depending on what region of the earth you're born in, you, you like you said before, if you're born in North Korea, your president is a living God. You know, up until 1945, until the U.S. dropped an atom bomb on Japan, their emperor was a living God, and that was part of the unconditional surrender, is that he had to renounce his divinity. So I, I think that um, there definitely is a, 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 a disconnect between um, human beings' spirituality and human beings' theology in many ways. And sometimes we, as spiritual people, uh, can get the two mixed up in that we'll, we'll hold on to something that's theological and not necessarily spiritual. And other times people are holding on to the spiritual and, and it, it goes against the establishment ingrained theology. And so, you know, that's what we get heretics. You know, Jesus was essentially crucified as a heretic, but now it, it, you know, his followers represent the largest uh, religious sect on the planet. It, it, it's, it's just interesting all in all that the one thing that I can see in all of this that brings us together is a plant that we can spark up and pass around to one another and we can debate these things but the fact is is that that type of public uh bringing together that type of discourse is something that the existing establishment uh powers whether they you know they're on the right side or the left side in this country do not want they don't want people like us all getting together and thinking critically and waking up and realizing hey we're being screwed by regardless of who's in power and that's well, the part that makes this so dangerous and that kind of like the other thing i kind of want to talk about is just that is our free there is an attack whether you like trump or hate him some people love his tweets i love him but some people hate his tweets i get it and they think there's gonna incite violence you know he gets up there tells everyone to go home and he tweets taken down and everyone blames trump for the for the, for the riot you know so i don't i just don't know i don't know if i buy that so before it was all like conservative uh uh channels being taken down so for example I have two Facebook pages. I've got um, facebook.com forward slash make media great uh, again, which is a, um, uh, a news, a conservative news publication. We got over a million views. And now when I post on it, it doesn't do anything. It just like no engagement. Uh, Christians for cannabis. You guys can 
can, if you search Christmas on Facebook, I had a page that you used to be able to search Christians for cannabis and it would have, it had 20, it's got 23,000, something like that likes on the page. Just complete, just me talking, talking about what we're talking about today, about answering the question, what would Jesus do about weed? But you can't even find that now because big tech censored it. So you have to search facebook.com forward slash WWJD weed, or if you just search WWJD weed in the bar, you'll find it. But so I already know what censorship is like, and I've been there for a few years. And now that big tech, Twitter and Facebook, they take down the president's account they take down his youtube account and then um the uh, app store the apple app store and the google app store take parlor which is basically just a twitter for conservatives that's more clunky and shittier but it's still it's free speech um they take them out of the app store and then amazon their hosting takes uh away their hosting and basically erases them completely. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, a Democrat or Republican, a Trump supporter or an Obama supporter or a Biden voter, that should scare you. That is not good. But because it's happened, that's a genie that they're never gonna be able to stick back in the bottle. So I think that there's a huge opportunity right now in big tech. I think that Elon Musk, if he is a patriot, I mean, Elon Musk is so worried about Christianity and Islam that he literally wants to take us to Mars because he's afraid that there, we're never going to get along. So he just wants to save us by taking us to Mars. So that tells you his intentions are probably good. So if he created a Tesla phone, I would switch from Apple in a heartbeat. That was in a, the Tesla app store that was like open source. And then with all this cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and uh, blockchain technology to make it so that the establishment literally can't take you down through crony capitalism. You know, I wouldn't host a website. I wouldn't start a conservative news site or a Christians for Cannabis news site right now and have it hosted on Amazon. It'd be freaking crazy. It's just going to get taken down. Um, so I think that because of that, I think that everyone, as Americans, people that care about free speech, we need to start migrating our lives off of Google, not being relied on Google, not being relied on Apple, not being relied on Facebook, not being relied on Twitter, not buying our shit on Amazon. It just puts a bunch of local businesses out of business anyways. It's not even really good for the economy. It's like big tech, like we all knew about before Trump, everyone knew that the prison industrial complex existed, that the military industrial complex existed, that the big pharma, you know, pharmaceutical company industry existed and that they were pretty evil, not having our, the, the awoke people knew that they didn't really have our best interests at heart after Trump, okay? And this is one thing that he'll go down as president is doing. He woke up a lot of people with that because everyone's now aware of the big tech Silicon Valley industrial complex. So I think it's very, very important that we start having ways to not be reliant and dependent on just them because like channels like this, Facebook doesn't like Twitter, doesn't like Google, doesn't like YouTube, doesn't like Apple, doesn't like, they're never going to be like, it's never going to be a featured post. They're like, we have, you know, Suncoast normal featuring Chris Cannon and Carlos. They're never going to like you guys ever. They're, they're, they're going to hate you because of what you stand for. And that's against 
the establishment that's against the pharmaceutical companies. That's for full legalization, which means more people get healed and they don't make as much money off of healthcare because the healthcare system is just completely corrupt. And like this, the sadist that enter in your healthcare system, the population control doctors, those people just need to be rounded up and arrested, honestly. Uh, let's not forget also that Twitter and Facebook are not public entities. They're private entities owned by, by corporations. And that's, that, that's if, if that's the case, then that's exactly why we need Then they're getting a lot of money. They get a lot of government funding and shit like that. So they shouldn't be able to get that. And then they, uh, or I agree if with they, if they're really going to say that and say, well, yeah, we're a private entity. So we can censor anyone we want because of section two thirty. um, you know, because we'll get there's liability, we'll get in trouble. That needs to be changed, so they're not going to have that excuse anymore. But if fine, it's a free market. Then there needs to be the next Facebook, the next Twitter. Is we, can't have this, we can't we can't have we can't live in a country where uh, you, the political race, uh, one political candidate doesn't like people don't like what he's saying, and right before the erase, the social media giants have the power to just take him down. There needs to be other way he can communicate. That's why apps like Telegram are getting real popular right now. I just got on Telegram. It is badass. Uh, Rumble is like a clunkier YouTube that maybe has some future DLive and some other YouTube. It's probably a better idea to, uh, you know, when you go and you post to somebody else's website, mm -hmm. right, they say what you can do on that website. Amazon, right? If Amazon tries to post something to Suncoast Normal's website, you better believe I'm going to censor that shit. No, the point is, is that we post whatever we want to our Suncoast Normal website. That's what we have the right to do. That's how we have the free speech, right? We're we're sending this this you know this podcast right through and Jesus Christ, my dog just died. Um, no, we're, <laughs> we're posting whatever we want to our website, but if we, you know, want to utilize these tools that these other companies have put out for us, right, then we have to play by their rules. I mean, I think that's right. And to, and if one, if one of them, has rules, job to and if one of them has rules, it's not, going, it's not Twitter's job to foster free speech. Right. But if one of them is going to have rules like Twitter and Facebook, that's going to say, okay, we're going to censor you because you're a conservative or I mean, it's obvious at this point that the conservatives are getting taken down more than the left. But sometimes the left does, does get taken down for whatever reason. My Christians for cannabis to, uh, against establishment, like uh, against the stat pick one. My, 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 my Christians for cannabis, Twitter account, media mogul, Twitter account and personal Twitter account all got taken down and I didn't even do anything. We're not conservative. We like fucking weed. That's why we're censored. Okay. But here's, here's a hypothetical. Both, both the weed and the conservative, which are two different groups are both censored. So if they're going to say, if they're going to say that we're going to censor you, and then there's another social media app that says, you can say whatever you want here. We, we, we believe in the constitution. We, we support free speech as long as you're not a pedophile. You know, um, then fine. The free market tells me that I'm going to go there. And like if Trump, if Trump announces that he's going to start a news TV station or merge with OAN or, or start his own social media app overnight, that's a billion dollar company right there. Yeah. Let's be clear about something, because it seems like in modern America, we have such a a a gap missing of remembering the 90s. Trump was synonymous with failed brands in the 90s. 
you know and it is only in this in his recent time in his in setting trying to set himself up to run for president that he's he's been able to to essentially kind of overcome those challenges but i remember you know it, it was laughable in the 90s to hear anything with trump's name attached to it like oh you're gonna get screwed out of that deal if you've not read the art of the deal the art of the deal is about how you can use your privilege to screw over uh the people to screw over the government for millions of dollars and i just find it ironic that an entire generation of people who grew up playing call of duty or world of warcraft and telling other people kill yourself or go screw your mom you know all of a sudden now have an issue and it's like how many times have you clicked that terms of service how many times have you clicked that i accept without reading it knowing that in there it says you can't tell people to go kill yourself you know or you can't plot on the overthrow of the government which is also interesting because facebook didn't have any problem in 2010 when they when people were plotting to overthrow middle eastern countries throughout the, the entire mena region facebook actually encouraged it facebook groups is the reason and that's probably the reason we see the change in groups is why egypt had a revolution so you know it, it is it, to your point nate big tech in itself is hypocritical but at the same time the same people complaining about it it's like we all plugged ourselves into the matrix we all put all our data on there and those people who stormed the capital didn't disable their location services and now people are reaping the, the consequences of it and so i just want to make sure that we're pointing out that there's hypocrisy yeah, on all sides yeah, i mean that's true we all did that we're flawed men you know we're not like perfect people but because of everything that's happened everyone it just in the past two weeks is awake to the fact that okay these big tech establishments players are not really our friend okay then everyone's everyone's thinking that now okay i feel like before trump was probably about 10 to 20 percent of people that are awake to the fact that there is a group of rich powerful people that are just trying to wipe us out slowly and i think that after trump it's probably 40 to 60 percent so i think that's good you just say flawed people right i thought you said flogged for a second there i thought maybe you know, who's, who's beating us up but like i didn't i never advocated for that overthrow the government oh i never was telling people to go kill themselves or anything like that and my i've still been censored on facebook and all my twitter all all my my personal google my christians for cannabis all got deleted Carlos so, jokingly called a friend of his a white devil and got banned for right. 30 days on Facebook. Right, yeah, he told me. He told me. That's I mean, that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. <clears throat> I'd like to throw out a hypothetical for us, just a moment. Obviously, uh, we are not living we, we live in an age of social media and 24-7 news cycles that make things so so different than they were in the 1930s and 40s. What had happened? What would have happened if somebody fact-checked the Hearst newspapers and fact-checked all the things that Harry Anslinger was saying, and there was social media that would have said, there is debate as to whether or not Mr. Anslinger's uh, comments are actually true. But the people fact-checking would not be fact-checking that based on what they're fact-checking now. Well, that's like, that, like the fact-check. I, I see fact-check. I'm like, that's wrong. That's not right. I see that happen all the time. There were so many people who knew the things that Harry Anslinger was saying was wrong, but they didn't have a platform to distribute that in particular. Right, and that's why we have. That's why social media is good. Like the reason why so many people are awake is because we have the internet and we can all we can all talk to each other. And it's just not like media's NBC, ABC, whatever on the TV, whatever on the radio in that whole establishment. But I mean, Joe Sixpack could never go build a following of two hundred thousand people or a million people or whatever. Now he can. So because of that. 
is why there's so many people that even know the Harry Anslinger story. I mean, uh, Nazi Germany was all about propaganda, all about the fact that the government had made the decision as to what the message was going to be and, and put it out there, and everybody had to believe it. That was That's why they were burning the books and shit. Yeah, I know. Every, everything from the very beginning. So when you, the, he who controls the message controls the media, controls the world. That's what it comes down to every once in a while. I can honestly say, of all the things, I, I post a lot of stuff on my Facebook page, other places, places. I have never been blocked or put in Facebook jail. And people, I have to ask people, why do you think that is? Because Gary doesn't tell people to go kill themselves. Gary doesn't tell people, you know. I don't say that. Expletives. I, 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 you know. I don't say that. You've and never, you've never called site. somebody a white devil, Gary? No, I have not. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I, I have gotten some trolls I, that have flocked to my page. I bet, I bet Gary gets one of his accounts taken down or censored this year. I'll bet 100 bucks right now this year. I'll take you up on that bet, Nate. I bet you, I'll, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> like Gary gets one of his accounts gets deleted. And it'll be the reason they'll give is something stupid. Like my Twitter account, they said that I used a robot to build my followers, and that's why they're deleting me. I never used a robot to build my followers. That's not even true. They deleted we all my accounts. Down for that, actually, but we oh. did use a robot. business at the turn of the century, as you call it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I Twitter yeah, got banned. I would pay for a Google word. We have somebody over in, in uh, East Asia. I mean, Google slogan is "Do No Evil." I got oh, oh, oh. Google slogan is "Do No Evil." They're not really doing very good at that, I feel like. And uh, Apple's is think differently. Right. Meanwhile, all these uh, companies won't let their employees unionize. So there's definitely something to be said about uh, power in the people in so like, big tech. Okay, so let me tell you this. This is a medical store. So I've got, I've got this back condition, right? And I got a uh, platelet plasma injection. Pla PRP is like when they take your blood out, they spit yeah. it something, inject it back in. It's like platelet-rich plasma, PRP. Platelet-rich plasma. So I've gotten three injections. Okay. The first one didn't do anything, but the second two made a big difference because I found a different doctor. Okay. Not only does insurance not cover that, which insurance yeah. doesn't cover anything that actually works. It's a total scam. But um, Google does not let those platelet plasma stem cell doctors advertise. That's bullshit. So that means that there's actually uh, therapy for someone who's living in pain like I am all the time. But I didn't even know about this. Uh, this was even available until about a year and a half ago because there was no information about it on the Internet. So I could have been living in less pain way sooner if it weren't for Google. Well, in part, it had a lot to do with what people were, were saying about what these people were doing in regards to uh, putting out endosomes and putting out uh, stem cells and things of that sort, because they're worried about the origin of the stem cells as to where exactly they came from. Did they come from, uh, from uh, a cell with an aborted child, et cetera? There's, there's definitely doctors that um, are better than others, and there's some quacks in that industry, but that's just not an excuse for Google to just censor the whole industry. No, but they have the right to because they are private industry. Just like when you walk into a bagel shop and it says no mask, no shirt, no shoes. Like when, when you, Gary, when you've got someone like me that's living in pain, okay, that has no, that like there's, there's no like uh, options for someone that lives in as much pain as I do. Zero options, okay? And this is something I could have gotten a few years ago, but because Google just deciding that it's not proven science, even though they're not scientists, when they're supposed to be like, 
like appealing to everyone. I just don't like that. I think that like that's gonna that's gonna leave room for companies like DuckDuckGo to come and compete, and other companies and like alternative news media companies and stuff like that. They're not mainstream because that's the only way you can get the real shit. Like the, like I don't even have insurance. Why don't I have insurance? Because insurance is a complete scam. You have to like it has to be in your network of all these doctors that were brainwashed by the medical establishment that think they know everything that just want to like cut me open and stick screws in me. That's not happening. Absolutely not. Like the, the, the healthcare system is so corrupt and so full of so many sadist and sick people that I don't know what's going to have to happen for it to be reformed. But we're the, what, the way it is now is now this is not it. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but it's just not, that's just not, no. Well, I, I find it interesting in that, you know, you're saying that this particular treatment that works for you is is banned by Google and they can't use it. You know, in many ways, cannabis is banned from advertising on Facebook. I mean, I disagree with that, too. But that's because it's the we still need it federal when it passes federally. That'll be easier. But it's yeah, that's that's right. But I, will it be? Because I, I firmly feel as though the Nancy Reagan culture has been so ingrained in society that it, 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 you know, there are, as you said before, there are doctors out there who are anti-cannabis without looking at the science there. You know, it's not like our medical schools teach how you can utilize the endocannabinoid system to heal other parts of the immune system. So, you know, you're absolutely right in the sense that there are facts and, and there are stories out there and there are anecdotes and there are experiences that are suppressed. So in, in our culture, though, like in Florida, for example, because we got the medical um, card, I know a lot of people that five years ago uh, would have said, like, especially like from the boomer generation, like five years ago, 10 years ago, they would have been like, weed is awful. Every person I know is a stoner, just lazy and doesn't do anything with their life. But now that there's all these medical cards, everyone, almost everyone has a friend that was in chronic pain or something. And like cannabis has just been a game changer for their life. So now that they know that it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what programming Google has or what they all say, they know that it's not true because they have a friend. You know, that can, that, that Trump, they have a friend that it hurt, that it helped that trumps everything. The more of that, that happens, the harder it is for big tech and the establishment to suppress everything we know about cannabis. And then, but I, I don't think that there's going to be any massive or big change until, um, there's some kind of federal program that's not like overtaxed. We need like medical, we need full rec and we need, we need, um, home grow. Depends on who's in charge and who has the power and who has the stories behind them. People don't often remember the fact that the reason we have a program in the state of Florida is uh, partly because of uh, Matt Gates, who uh, has, has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for the last couple of years in his, in his syncophantic uh, believes in, in, uh, in the president, but also his father who happened to have at one point in time bought cannabis for a pastor friend of his who was dying and who, who we felt was the compassionate way to help this man uh, do transition uh, without, with a certain quality of life. So if it weren't for president, the Senate president of the Senate Gates and his son working on this. And because of the fact that uh, Gates had that story of his, that pastor in his youth who we gave cannabis to, to, to help him out was the fact that we actually have it now because People have these stories behind them. The question is whether they want to actually talk about it because they're worried about what, you know, what's going to happen to them if they do make that kind of thing public. So in four or eight or 12 years, 
If Don Jr. runs for president, you think he would legalize weed? I think he probably would. It depends if he's uh, gotten that pardon. <laughs> well, Gary, I, I would just want to point out, you know, Don Gates can go and buy cannabis for his pastor friend and, and with no consequences. But if I do it for my father, I had the entire justice system throwing the book at me. You know, uh, the state attorney wanted to give me five years uh, in, in all in all, you know, <laughs> luckily through, um, you know, Running up credit card bills, you know, attorneys do take visa. Uh, there was an opportunity to to be able to to you know get rehab for that, and then even then, understanding the rehabilitation industrial complex and how you see um, the vast majority of people who have to go to uh, rehab for cannabis are court ordered. Eighty percent are court ordered. So it's not like, you know, the four out of five people uh, who are, have to go to rehab for cannabis. It's not like they're saying, oh, my God, I have this weed problem. I need to kick it. I need some help. No, it's it's literally the prison industrial complex uh, being connected to a, a nonprofit rehabilitation industry that is raking in millions upon millions of dollars, fleecing the working class. Because, again, uh, when it came down to it, none of the people in my family who needed help, uh, were, you know, we weren't given a free pass. Uh, when it came to it. But yeah, Don Gates can do that. And, and it's looked at as some type of anecdotal heroism. And speaking of the rehab industry, one of the... It, it uh, is good. It is good that the establishment gets on the green team, though, Chris. I mean, I get what you're saying. If it's not fair, he can do it. I can't. I understand that. But like, if everyone in the establishment was on the green team, for real, um, and wasn't sold out, that would be better. But well, we got on the green team. Get uh, to Gary's point previously in a, another episode. John Boehner is now a lobbyist for Canadian, you know, pharmaceuticals. Gary, if you want to talk more on, you know, the green team going establishment. Yeah, I mean, again, it all depends who, who has the money. And I think that uh, an event happened this last week, which may change everything too, which people haven't even talked about, and that is that Sheldon Edelson was called up to uh, to, to meet his maker, and uh, so he's no longer there financing the anti-cannabis movement and all of the uh, the rehab facilities in this country and and also the uh, conservative candidates that were anti-cannabis that he was also funding even though he was funding a good portion of the research in israel mm. so money or politics that's the problem gary but with, with that particular piece out and with the COVID, what is it what does the bible say it says the love of money is the root of all evil isn't that true Especially if you are not, I don't think Carlos could be able to um, to debate that. Well, that's that's interesting, Nate, that you say that because I, I find it ironic that our our conservative, free loving capitalism Republicans also have this alliance with conservative Christians, and it seems like those two things oftentimes can be antithetical towards each other. It's like you know. If you're, if you're meant to heal the, help the sick, help the poor, help the widow, help the orphan, help the immigrant, and those are not the policies that we see coming out of the right side of the aisle. I mean, they're not necessarily the policies we see coming out of the left, but for people who are professing and, and, and saying that they live by this moral code and then that's not the public policies they see, how, how does one reconcile those two you know, paradoxes? I mean, I just think that there's a lot of corrupt people in every pockets of society. I just think that there's there's bought off Christians, there's bought off Republicans, there's bought off Democrats. Like I don't think that there's I don't like right now if you Republicans versus Democrats, like who is who is the uh, who's the least bought off and there's the least crony capitalism in the two parties? I think it'd be a flip of a coin. <laughs> I think I think that would be a fair assessment. 
<laughs> that would definitely be a fair assessment. To your point earlier about scientific corruption, uh, I recall a, a, a conversation with my uh, professor, uh, Dr. Jirai said, who's since passed on um, in my grad studies in college. And he said, if you really want to make money with a public administration degree, go work for the FDA. And I was like, I don't understand why, because the same companies that you're regulating and doing studies on will pay you millions of dollars to write white papers on the side of, you know, advocating about these great drugs and, and, and these great companies. And so we still see that to this day, regardless of what administration, you know, seems to be in power, is that there is major corruption uh, among our regulatory agencies, which is why you see under the current administration, you know, drilling permits in environmentally sensitive lands. And then you see in previous you know administrations uh, fast tracking drugs which have to be taken off the shelves uh, within 30 days to 90 days after approval so it, it, for people to you know have reservations around taking a vaccine that was publicly fast tracked I could understand why there are reservations but Gary you're a public health expert in all this um, you know what are your thoughts on on government corruption and how it has created a distrust of you know scientific uh, you know policies and, and scientifically driven uh, of public um, you know programs well, that's a problem with trust it's uh, it's uh, very hard to build and very easy to lose and that is what our, our government has done over many many years uh, the FDA at one point in time was was definitely corrupted by the amount of money they could possibly get from the various pharmaceutical companies and things of that sort not so much under David Kessler but maybe under under some of the other other folks that were involved in it and Scott Gottlieb as well I, I think that he had uh, he was ambivalent pretty much about cannabis and yet he had to deal with the the forces that fund him as well and and deal with how things move forward so we have a situation where we have a number of vaccines right now which have gone through an immense amount of scrutiny over over multiple countries and one of the reasons it was done so quickly is because of the fact that it actually started 17 years ago when they started working on these for the SARS virus which is not too far off from the COVID virus so it's actually a culmination of 17 years of research and not necessarily six months but it was six months of bringing it to production with the new genome that that fits this particular thing but we have we, we've already proven in many in many previous trials we already finished all the animal trials a long time ago that we had the, the uh, human trials this last summer and the only thing only piece we're missing right now is the long-term effect the longitudinal studies which usually takes several years that we didn't have time for this time because of the, of the pandemic but I, I truly believe that the the vaccine that's out right now it is remarkable it is not the, the vaccines of the past it doesn't have thimerosal it doesn't have a number of the things that, that were in previous vaccines that that made them toxic they gave in injuries and things of that sort they've learned from their lessons which is what you're supposed to do in science science is is not not is not pure that, that, that is because we have what is called confirmation bias where people often have the idea in their head as to how this thing is going to turn out before it actually turns out and so they maneuver they experiment to make it work to to achieve that goal kind of like the uh, eric von donniken in, in chariot of gods he had made this decision that ancient astronauts came over and, and uh, habitated the earth 40 million years ago and you can tell because there's a picture of this old Phoenician script that shows a spaceship going across the sky when it actually was basically just a stylized version of the uh, the sun crossing the, the sky. And all you have to do is just reinterpret things. 
and that is that is the problem with scientists science as well sometimes you have to get as pure as possible and you have to have multiple multiple scrutiny uh, from, from various other sources and we've had that with this vaccine gary so, you telling me that scientists. ancient aliens on the history channel is not scientifically accurate i i, I often thought it was i mean i saw et i, I believed it I mean, I, I was certain that uh, <laughs> that was true, but lo looking at, at von Donikens and, and a number of other other uh, theorists from that time that uh, came up with that, with theories and then found the facts to go ahead and, and prove them, that uh, we, we, we've lost the trust that is necessary, and yeah. we have to rebuild that. So the question is, how do we rebuild that trust? Chris, if you can't our religious religions as well, because they are perceived authorities. If you can't trust the History Channel, who can you trust? It's not an arm for propaganda or anything like that. That's just preposterous. I mean, Nate. I, I mean, I mean, the Learning Channel between Ninety Day Fiance and Honey Boo Boo. I mean, I'm learning so much these days. Remember when M MTV used to have music? Oh my goodness! Yes, it wasn't reality shows, right? Yeah. So uh, I remember when uh, Donald Trump was just considered a failed businessman, not a a world leader. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and Ronald Reagan was an actor. Yes, Ronald Reagan was a spokesperson for cigarette companies, not why Donald Trump was elected. It's because he spent 12 years building an audience, a TV audience on The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yes, you know, we, we were marketed for the last four years, and now I guess we got to get back to reality. Well, you know, going back to the, the original topic of, of today's discussion, we've covered a variety of them, but all in all, you know, trust. At Gary in in authority trust in in just you know in general uh, is is at an all time low between human beings, and so Nate, where do we go from here? In in being able to, I know you know you say well, let's put our trust in God, but how do we build our trust back in each other right now? Because you and I are as far apart politically as as Gary and Carlos are, you know, in, in their belief systems so theologically. <laughs> I just look at people that I disagree with politi politically, and I mean, if I'm really honest, what do I think? I think, okay, so Carlos is an atheist, and Gary's a Gary's a lefty, and and, and I'm am I guys as deceived as you guys are, <laughs> as deceived as you are, you really have good intentions for what you believe with what information that you think you have so i feel like you guys are all good guys it's like it's your heart intentions mo your heart like the, is the people that are when you're politically divided i have a pastor friend that's a total lefty and we play pool billiards all the time and talk about everything we're very good friends but completely disagree politically because when i'm looking at them i'm like oh my god he's not a trump supporter okay um or 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 whatever or, oh my gosh he's not a christian it's like well from the life that they lived, this is what has formed that belief system. And that's true for me too. What I believe is what I've gone through is for my belief system. They still have a good heart with good intentions and good motives. So I think if we all start to really understand that, then it's, it's not, it's, it's not going to be as dramatic, dramatic. Well, I can see that. I mean, I, like, I have a God who tells me to forgive Carlos, and so that's why I do. We have, we have, we have that benefit. We have, <laughs> yeah, we have, we have paid in his heart to forgive people, <laughs> so that he, he has to rely on his heart as opposed to his faith. 
<laughs> but no, I was good. Hey, Carlos, you missed this. I said that quote of a Bible verse that said, the love of money is the root of all evil. You'd agree with that Bible verse, right? No. No, you don't think the love of money is the root of all evil? I think illogical behavior is the root of all evil. I think the love of money pays the bills. You don't think it's I, like at I, the I, highest I, level of the corrupt banking system that you have us all enslaved? You don't really know it is the root of all evil. You don't think it's a love of money? You can do a lot of good. You don't think that people that do corrupt things, you don't think it's money that motivates them? You don't think that? I, no, I, I think it's greed. I think if it was something else, I, I think it could very easily be something else. I think these people have their own agenda and they use whatever they can to fucking do whatever they can to fuck everybody over. And I think the main thing that they use is tricks, trickery, tricking people. Right. And one of the best ways to do that is with money. Making poor people think that by b voting for Trump, they're going to get money one day. I think that's probably oh, one of the best things. Oh, you're talking about seed money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting on my $600 Trump check. I, I think if you donate money to Suncoast Normal, right, a lot of good would come out of that. This is true. Right. Because we put yeah. it to work. I, I, think, I think taking it, taking $5 right now and buying a hot dog and going to the guy on the corner over there and giving him the hot dog would do a lot of good for that guy. That's true. But when a pharmaceutical right. company... I don't think money is the root of all evil. I think greed corrupts A pharmaceutical it. company donates millions of dollars to fund all these political campaigns so that people can't get weed, so that they can sell more pharmaceuticals. You don't think that's because of the love of money? I got to go, Nate. I'm sorry. This show has gone way too long. <laughs> all right, so we're wrapping it up? Uh, we're doing our podcast right now. <laughs> Uh, well, Carlos, I don't know how to close the show out. Yeah, well, I think Carlos has a good point in, in that you know um, there is a lot to be said about uh, people who have money and how they utilize it. I mean, yes, we see a lot of billionaires out there, uh, very philanthropic. They're out there trying to you know cure malaria or uh, feed you know uh, uh, deal with you know homelessness and such. But the fact is, is that uh, <laughs> to your point, Nate, about money and and, and evil and such, uh, Carlos treats his employees well you know we here at, at suncoast normal put all of the donations and, and membership dues back into advocacy work but the, the 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 difference in all of that is is the scales of money you know uh, carlos can become a millionaire as a small business owner treat yeah. well and do a lot of good but it's the billionaire class right it's that one percent it is that those people who have control of 90 percent of the wealth in the world while the other you know 99 of us are fighting over the other 10 percent and and it, it, it there's a lot to be said about how you can even hoard wealth to impact entire economic systems you know, it, we always say, oh, well, trickle down economics, you know, it, is a problem, clearly, because there's no trickle down to the working class. You know, I mean, people are up in arms about uh, $15 minimum wage. That comes at $31,000 a year. Why are people worried about people making $31,000 a year? Well, the fact is, is that because we see a system in this country where oftentimes we don't see our tax dollars going to good things. I mean, we have a military budget, which is $750 billion. And our closest adversary, China, is only spends sixty billion. You know, so it, here in America, uh, I think, as you said, the public trust has been derailed by the fact that the actions of our politicians don't match up oftentimes with their rhetoric, and it has created 
entire cults of personality where people are in the streets even looking at the comments today people are saying you're you know one you know you're going to hell or 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 or, or me carlos and gary are, are satanic worshiping commies you know <laughs> i mean just the, the fact that we have this type of discourse in this country is a major problem and and i think moving forward how can we have any type of unity and reconciliation first without talks about justice about what is the where are the the, the injustices in this country and how do we address them as a collective so nate i'll give you a final word on uh, on that what do you what, what do you think i think that i still think that the love of money is the root of all evil <laughs> no, not money. Remember, I didn't say money's the root of all evil. Having money, being a millionaire, that's okay. But loving the money, I still think that's the root of all evil. I think Adam Beerman is the root of all evil. But what? That's the point. <laughs> He's the guy yeah. who done med men, but and, and ran it into the ground. He could have done a, so much good with that MMTC. You know, could have, could have, okay, I think there's good billionaires out there, and I think that there's greedy billionaires that love money. I yeah, think it is. But we do have to wrap this up though because this is yeah. we've gone way, way over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. was fun. this was fun, guys. I hope that I mean I, I'm sorry I ducked out there, Nate. I had to take you care of You got a business to run. I get it. The show's gone on so long that I got customers walking into the store now. <laughs> so I had to while I'm trying to explain why why uh the the love of money is not the root of all evil, I had to <laughs> I don't think that Carlos loves money at all. I yeah. think he knows that he needs money, which is any business owner would. That's fine. I'm uh, just saying the evils of the world is all driven by the love of money. That's what I believe. Uh, sometimes uh, I think that, that, that the, the evil of uh, misinterpreting religion oftentimes causes downplay. And, sure. uh, yeah, I I don't think uh you know all those all those Muslims want to kill all those Jews because they get paid. Well, actually, the Quran <laughs> does not talk about violence. Only, I think it's only fifteen percent of them want to kill us all. It's not over. It's only fifteen percent, so it's only like one hundred and fifty million people. Okay. Anyways, we do have to end this up. I wanted to at least make one uh, comment in regards to the politics here in Florida. This last week, uh, Senator Gary Farmer put out uh, Senate Bill six six two, which is a carbon copy of the regulate florida bill to create adult use here in florida will it go far with a 50 dollars excise tax on uh, on ounces of chemists as it comes out of the uh, out of production i don't think so but it, this will open up the uh, the discussion and will bring us closer to where we have to go so we have to keep an eye on that and we have a number of other bills that we here are sponsoring here at suncoast normal that will definitely make things make things better like employee protection patient protection tourist reciprocity and of course our home grow bill that we plan on working on to make certain that people have access to that as well and if you want to become part of that that's the number right there that's that's the place you have to go to to sign up and become a subscriber and be part of the change that we are trying to make hey and if you're watching this podcast live or you're seeing the video on social media uh just reminding you guys that we're actually we're on, uh, you can listen to us uh, to our audio on soundcloud spotify apple and we'll be on amazon and google soon and pandora but not pornhub not pornhub sorry Gary. Yeah, or parlor 
right. Or Parlor. <laughs> I'll, retweet, I'll retweet it on Parlor if my account gets back up. <laughs> cool. Well, I appreciate you promoting us to all your conservative Christian friends. Thanks, Nate, for being such a good sport. You'd be on TikTok, on but I can't dance. I'm a you know, you know let, let, let's take a moment to praise Nate for, for a minute. You know, uh, uh, all the glory to Jesus. People that disagree with us would not want to come on the show and argue with us. So I appreciate you coming on and, you know, talking to us and, you know, uh, saying all the things you did and, you know, and, and not getting too pissed off when yeah, I say that love, there is Nate, no you're God. Forgiven. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for forgiving me. I appreciate that. Even I though I'm every, everyone should, anyone that's listening to this and they've got that one Bible thumper conservative friend that they don't agree with him on weed you need to take the link to this uh, podcast and you need to send that to them and just say, just listen to what this guy's saying. He's a Christian. That's, that, that's what I'm here for. A lot of people I'm in the cannabis community to get the, the conservatives on the green team. Cause there's not really anyone else that's stepping up to do it right now because it's they're They're afraid of, Oh, what would people think? Like, Oh my gosh, I could never tell my Sunday school teacher. What, what we think about that because I mean, we've been told about weed and in church. So that's very important to me. So you can find me on facebook.com forward slash WWJD weed. I hang out on Instagram all the time. Nate Jurowitz. If you just look me up on Instagram, you can direct message me. That goes straight to me. Cool. Kano, Gary, you got anything else you want to say? I just want to say that um, this weekend, let us remember, uh, you know, Monday is not just any random holiday, but it's a day to honor and remember the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who would have been 92 uh, as of yesterday. And if, for all in, uh, intents and purposes, you know, this nation would not be the country it is today without the sacrifices of him and so many other nameless others who contributed to the civil rights movement. The fact that, you know, uh, Cubans, Jews and white folks can get together on a podcast and discuss politics uh, is definitely an opportunity that you know hails to uh, dr king's thoughts that you know we can judge people by the uh content of their character and not the color of their skin or religious creed or background if you guys want to just make me your juan williams where i'll just be a conservative talking head that comes on i'll do that <laughs> i've never liked juan williams but yeah, never, uh, juan williams is the left on the fox news i'd be like the opposite <laughs> Uh, okay guys officially our longest show ever everybody listening everybody on the video we love you guys <laughs> peace <See ya. laughs> mm -hmm. oh yeah this has been the rotation and you have been a part of it you can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, but you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. 
You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.